We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's really fun. You know, it's really fun. It's really fun when the politicians start falling in on themselves. Murphy and Bloomy had a press conference today. And uh, this is Dick Blumenthal talking about the White House and how much he admires the leadership of Joe Biden and how impressed he is with how he's handling the Afghan thing. You know, because a politician's never going to, you don't have to ever worry about them turning on you when the going gets a little rough. <laughs> Check this out. Oh, Back man. in April and May, yeah. we pleaded, pleaded with the White House, the State Department, and them. other agencies to begin evacuating, but also streamlining the process and cutting through the red tape. Back in April and May. And so did a number of my colleagues. We met in the White House with senior members of the administration. There was no secret about the need to evacuate here. And this process, which sometimes has lasted a year or more for the special immigration visas, has to be done in a place other than Afghanistan. There was talk about flying them to Guam, flying them elsewhere. So there's Senator Blumenthal clarifying. There's nothing new here. There were, there's no surprises here. The only surprise is that the White House decided, and these decisions aren't one man. So if you listened to Joe, he called, I don't know, maybe it was an hour ago, Joe called and said, this is all because uh, Joe Biden is in the bag of the Chinese or whatever. And it does look that strange. It does look that glaring that these decisions are so inexplicable that it makes you think someone, you know, it's just everyone looking at Sonny Liston go down and they don't see Cassius Clay having thrown a punch. So they say, oh, it's rigged. And that's a natural conclusion to come to if you think that Cassius Clay is not that great a fighter and you think that Sonny Liston is... uh, is some powerhouse, but maybe he was just that outclassed. I don't know. So if you bring this analogy back to Joe Biden, maybe Joe Biden is just doing what he's believed. You know, he's a pig-headed guy who's never been a decision maker. Think about this. We think somehow being in the U.S. Senate prepares you 
for being president of the United States? How can being in the U.S. Senate prepare you for being president of the United States? It might prepare you for some aspect of it. Okay, you know how the Senate works. That would be good. It would have helped Barack Obama a lot. He would have been humbler, less arrogant and conceited and and caring about process more than just his ego and getting along and being treated well by history. There's all kinds of things that could have been better had he known, but it doesn't mean that that somehow because he spent 10 minutes in the Senate that he learned anything about government that was substantial. And he never learned anything about decision-making because he was never a decision-maker. Barack Obama, I'm talking about, until he got to the White House. So uh, Joe Biden never really had to make a decision except little ones about, you know, about his own staff or what vote to take. But uh, making a vote as a body of 100 is not being a decision maker. That's a different thing entirely. When a country is looking to, when the world is looking to you, to carry big decisions, take responsibility for making big decisions. But nevertheless, Joe Biden spent his 40 years in the Senate and his eight years as vice president. And we think of that as preparation, and in some ways it is. Everything is preparation. People used to say about Donald Trump that he was unqualified for the White House because he'd only been a businessman. Well, why is being a businessman, which is... a high-level businessman, by the way, which is decision-making, which is risk-taking. Why is that less preparedness for the job of being a decision-maker than being a non-decision-maker for 48 years or whatever it was? I guess 40 years total Biden's career was because he started when he was 29 in the U.S. Senate, remarkably young. And what did he learn? He learned that you that you suck up to people because Joe Biden's history that made him so vulnerable politically was his hobnobbing with uh, with avowed racists in the Democrat and Republican parties. There were there were one or two in the Republican Party and there are a ton in the Democratic Party. But he thought he put getting along with everybody ahead of what you believe. But finally, now he's president. He doesn't have to do that anymore. He can just make decisions no matter how pig-headed and stupid they, they might be, and that's where he is right now. Joe Biden has made a really destructive decision, and, and you might be all politically charged up and gloat a little bit. There's a little part of me that gloats over, okay, good, Democrats now, this is how it's supposed to work. You get power and you start acting stupidly at some point. Hubris sets in. This is what the Democrats in the state of Connecticut have done. They are the party of hubris. That All of their ads should be, we are hubris. I love hubris. How about that for the CT Dems? I love hubris. They are the party of hubris. They have so much power, it's gone to their heads. They decide whatever... They want to decide just because it's their power to decide it. And that's what Joe Biden, I think, is doing. I don't know. I can't, I, you know, I can't say anyone's wrong. I can't say Joe's wrong by suggesting that 
Joe Biden is totally in the bag of the Chinese. But I would think that if you're totally in the bag of the Chinese, you would want to do something to cloak that. You wouldn't want to be so brazen. But that theory is contradicted by by looking at the Democrats in Connecticut, who you would think would feel a little inhibited by the idea that voters will finally, are finally starting to figure out that they are the party of hate, the party of racism, the party of bankruptcy, the party of destruction, and that every result that they bring about is proving this. They want to destroy the idea of having a market-driven system where the people have a voice. They want to destroy the idea of uh, Connecticut being a state you can live in. Why do they want to do that? Because they want to drive educated voters out, affluent voters out, white voters out, in order to get more of their voters here. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Oh, hi. It's Margaret Todd. Hello, Margaret Todd. What a delightful name that is. (laughs) Thank you. I didn't know I'd uh, get you. I thought I'd get Anthony, and I wasn't. I didn't know you were either, but Joe, Joey's and, and uh, Anthony are busy chatting, and they've got big smiles well, on their faces, attention. and they're having a good time. No, they're, they're paying attention to each other. It's I know, I know. What well, their pay ought to be cut, then. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'll go along with that. But it's, <laughs> it's pretty low already. This is a charitable work, this radio work. Go ahead. A couple of things, though, Todd. Uh, number one, one is... A conspiracy theory. I was just going to tell Anthony this, but one is a conspiracy. Well, theory, he's I listening. I think now you can. I got his attention. You can talk, and he'll listen. Go ahead. Do you think maybe Joe Biden is sick? Um, well, if he were sick, they would just make decisions without him. If they thought he was incapacitated. Well, what are they going to do? Wheel him out? Yeah, well, yes, that's what they that's what they did with Reagan. They put the speeches up there. He could still read them. He couldn't really formulate the thoughts at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he was still a good performer, and, and why couldn't Joe do that? And Joe's a bad performer, but he's yeah, always been a true. bad performer. That's true. That's true. The other thing is, um, you know, I seem to be hearing, maybe I'm mistaken, because there was there were so many interesting things, people talking today, but I seem to get a feeling of anti-intellectualism in anti-science. And you know... Where? On the show today from from people. Like the... From... I can't mention like who? Rudy because Rudy will just beat me up tomorrow. Well, Rudy is open to hearing your ideas if there's a flaw in the way he's approaching thoughts. I'm, I'm sure not, he would I'm love to hear. I'm not finding a flaw, but um, what I will say is, for example, if I had... I'm very, very happy for him. You know that he invested his money and trebled it or quadrupled it or whatever. But if I had $2,000, I wouldn't invest it based, you know, on the ramblings of somebody at a bar. I'd go find a financial advisor, a fiduciary. Well, what he's saying is you can find wisdom in any place. It doesn't have to come through those channels that you're describing. And sometimes you do get the shaft when you when you I'm go sorry, through the professionals the shaft you know you get you get the short end of the stick if you well, sometimes with that's, professionals that's who runs <clears throat> but 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 the key yeah, is that like rudy that rudy with our money exactly and i think what rudy was saying was that the through the and school please, of hard knocks that he absorbed, 
that Rudy at all. All right. Don't be so sensitive, Margaret. He's not going to say anything mean to you. <laughs> but the um, the key is, I think that he's saying, is you, you, sort, you filter information, no matter the source, based on your own experience and, mm-hmm. and innate sense of right and wrong. But the other thing about colleges, too, I think very often it depends, for example, on what is your ambition, what is your program that you want. For example, not all... Uh, colleges or universities may offer the kind of program that you want, depending on what your ambition is. No, that's totally true, Margaret. And a school that's viewed as being poor in general could have the best um, early childhood education or the mm-hmm. best the best writing program. You know, they're not necessarily uniform across the board. So I think that's really a good comment. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Todd. Good decision to go out on a high note. Thank you, Margaret. Good to hear from you. 860-522-9842. What are we doing here, Anthony? We're going to a break. We're going to a break. All right, we're going to try a break. 860-522-9842. Stay with us on WTIC. was that who called was that david from glastonbury i forgot to mention so he was saying that microsoft owns apple which didn't ring any bells with me and didn't make sense but i went and checked to make sure in august of 1997 microsoft invested 150 million dollars in apple in exchange for non-voting preferred stock And by 2003, six, seven years later, Microsoft had sold off all of those shares. So today, not only, I'm reading off of Google, so it could be wrong. So today, not only does Microsoft not own a large share of Apple, they don't even own a single share. And then another similar question, not does Microsoft own a part of Apple, but does Bill Gates own a part of Apple? The Gates Trust owned 1 million Apple shares at the end of 2020, but sold it off by March 31st this year. Apple stock had been underperforming the market. Shares slid 8% in the first quarter of this year, and so far in the second quarter they are up 2.7%. So it's been a bad year for Apple, and the Gates Trust got out. They got out. They took their winnings and left. 860-522-9842. Watching Joe Biden, tracking Joe Biden, trying to figure out what the heck is going on with Joe Biden. He's now supposed to speak at 4 o'clock. No. Someone on Twitter says it's going to be 4.30. I don't know. Whenever he speaks, it'll be the usual pablum. But we will bring it to you live here on WTIC. All right, that one works. I like it. We're working on computers today. It's nice when they work, even if it's not when they're expected to work. But it's good to know they can make sound. Isn't it amazing we've got all the sound on computers now? Like right there on hard drives. If you if you listen to music radio, you're listening to a hard drive deliver uh, zeros and ones. How do Does anyone know how zeros and ones turn into music? How is that possible? I don't understand that. I've never understood. Well, I've never understood how records work. So the vibration is stored in a 
in a piece of plastic and when the needle of an album goes over it it shakes the the vibration back out the speaker and that sounds like the music that went into it how does that work that's a good point and i don't get how it works out of a cd or off of a computer how does that happen zeros and ones every sound has its own unique code right and that's true of everything everything in the world now is just code it's just code so does that mean that some that someday human intelligence will just be like like you can store us on a hard drive i mean why should you not be able to store us on a hard drive if everything can be like if a whole symphony orchestra can be just zeros and ones why can't why can't i be zeros and ones why can't i just be downloaded into a hard drive and be there hi who's this you're on the air go ahead todd feinberg news talk oh no it's steve where you from been nbc had him Where's the call screen? Is he busy working on some digits He's and zeros and ones and music and noise? Come on. The man. last, the lowest priority of the call screener is screening calls. <laughs> I don't know why that job, is. The, he didn't say that when he took the job, but <laughs> that turns out to be his, his, his MO. It was unannounced. But, I'm of course, I have to say, we, we didn't make it part of the contract that you will, you know, we, we should have been more specific, I think. I mean, it sounds like an air Go check ahead. tape today. <laughs> sounds yeah. like an air check tape today. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever, you know. We, we do the best well, we I know, can the job, the, 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 the job of the caller is to make the host look good. So, no, the uh, reason Anthony is distracted today by from screening calls is because nothing else is working, because we're installing new uh, uh, system-wide software. So all of the old computers are getting upgraded, and all the software is being upgraded on all the radio stations that we own in the market, being the behemoth com company that we are. So is go easy on, on Is it going to be on Microsoft or Apple? It might be on neither. It's probably on the cheap <laughs> stuff you can buy online. You know, you just download. They probably got it at the App Store because th these are tough times in the advertising business. So what's up, Steve? Well, yeah, I, I missed you last week. Uh, you know, schedule busy that I tried to call in yesterday, and it's like the Red Sox game and – uh, anyway, but you, you know, you're talking about education, and today my my son is going away to uh, college, so uh, he's going to my alma mater, Central Connecticut State University. So when people ask me like, "Where'd you go to school?" I say Central Connecticut State University, and they'll say, "No, no, no." I asked you, "Where'd you go to school?" It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's you know. So is your son able to go there too because you made a, a big endowment? No, but he did get a legacy discount on tuition. <laughs> how, how how much was that legacy discount i think it was like two grand but hey two grand is two grand i mean if you put that in a bitcoin next year it'll be 10 grand i mean it's a, it's a well it's know, a good it's, it's a good thing that he didn't put down on the application that you were the creator of the jolly ned's comedy club <laughs> he would have he would have gotten hit with a big penalty right he'd go to southern <laughs> yes there you go but i mean i went there you know and and you know Again, it's it's the brunt of jokes. It's not the greatest college. At, at, well, at the time, I guess it was college. Now it's university. But mm -hmm. really, college is what you make out of it. Because absolutely, you know, I, 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 you know, my grade point average was not great. 
But here I am at 55. I'm semi-retired and very successful in my own business. But then again, like you were saying, like Steve Jobs, he starts a business. Some some uh, professions don't allow you to be a rebel and a renegade or an entrepreneur. Like doctors, you just you know you've got to go to that school, you got to do your time, and now you're a doctor. But you can't be a an innovative uh, entrepreneur doctor, really. Yeah, and to invent your own life, um, you know, everybody's different. My nephew is 25, and he's a well-established professional in uh, a, a tech start, a sort of tech startup, but it's it's really a governmental tech startup, and he's he dropped out of Yale after two years so he could do this. It, it, like, there's nothing wrong with inventing your own life, and there's also nothing wrong with going a traditional route. Everybody's different. I mean, you could probably, right now, if you learn how to run a backhoe, and you bought a $25,000 backhoe or a septic tank truck. Oh, yes. Like that. You could have a good business. You could, you could just roll right over these doctors and, you know, all their debt that's accumulated in college and post. Yes, and they can repair themselves. Sorry, I've got to hold you right there because we have to get to a news update. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. On WTIC News Talk 1080. Good afternoon, WTIC. Joining us now from CT Liberty is Jonathan Johnson, who's out there day in and day out, week after week, running events, mobilizing people, trying to organize a resistance to oppressive government. Jonathan, do you get uh, discouraged or optimistic from your activism? Does it go up and down? How do you feel about Because most people have this innate trust, it seems to me, of government which, and, and elected officials, which is ju justifies all reality. That's a, that's a great question. I, I, I mean, I, I made this statement almost like over a year ago, and I, I, I was just thinking about it today. It's funny that you asked this question. I said, you may not agree with us yet. You may not agree with us yet, but we believe with courage of conviction that the cause of liberty is righteous. And that's like a 
kind of an elaborate quote, right? But it's 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 just a statement. Wait, that. who is that from you? Yeah, that's from me. But it it's sounds all, so poetic. It sounds so two hundred years ago. I love it. I, I think that's the kind of sentiment we have to have because it, you know something fundamental such as liberty that I don't think a lot of people quite really understand what that means is, is being taken away from us. It's been eroding and eroding and eroding for decades. And now we find ourselves in the situation we are in now. And that statement is saying like, you might not agree with this yet. Like last year, April 20th, 2020, when we were rolling around the Capitol and they're going to start doing rolling rallies at the governor's mansion, you know, people were like, what are you, you know, some people were like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, it's like, well, we see, we see this thing happening here that doesn't look like it's going to end up very good. I don't think, we don't think the governor should be taking control of the state government for weeks and weeks and months and months and months and uh, all these other things that are kind of closing. And years and years. And, uh, as, yeah, years and years, um, as, as it might be now. So, and then slowly over time, you know, people are starting to understand what we're saying. And now that you have Governor Lamont, not only is he maintaining power of the, legis- uh, excuse me, of the state government for 18 straight months, and, you know, he basically soft announced last week in his press conference that he will be seeking the renewal of his emergency powers on September 30th. So everybody in the state's got to wake up again and, like, start pushing back on their state legislators today and start calling them now and saying, we need you to vote against this. If you want a state of emergency to end and all the mandates that are coming with it, then we need the legislator, legislators to speak up and speak out and stop this because, you know, we got, now we have people around the state, more and more people being mandated to take the vaccine. And, you know, state employees and teachers and daycare professionals and, you know, we already seen the other kind of, uh, you know, hospital workers and things like that. The, the hospital workers and teachers were the heroes for months and months, right? They're the heroes. They're the frontline people, including the frontline, uh, that were out there doing the job. And now we're firing doctors and nurses because they do not want to uh, take the, the vaccination. And, um, you know, it's their bodily autonomy and their personal right to be able to do so. Whatever happened this- to that respect for heroism that they used to talk about? By the way, I was wondering, Jonathan, if um, the the state of emergency that the governor declared for Tropical Storm Henri, if he's going to be seeking an extension of this, too, because, you know, there could be uh, there could be kids who who maybe should be told not to go to school if this if another storm comes along or if Henri reorganizes and swings back through the state? I don't know how we could. We're in a state of emergency. We're declaring another state of emergency while we're already in a state of emergency. You know, and for 18 months of this stuff to be going on, <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, it's like uh, we should be being invaded. Uh, aliens should be coming landing. Um, you know, there, you know, I mean, like uh, maybe if, you know, if we should be in some terrible, terrible circumstances, you know, not a, not, for a virus that has a 99.7% natural reco- has a recovery rate of 99.7% at least, and we're still sitting here giving one man dictatorial powers over the state of Connecticut for months and months. And um, we're talking to uh, Jonathan Johnson from CT Liberty Rally. So, so that idea of um, you know you were talking about liberty. I don't know. I, I don't know if liberty is the right brand. Because it it rings kind of um, outside of realistic these days. Uh, like you're calling for some quaint thing from the past. So I, mm. I'm trying to teach myself to just call it a market-driven system. We believe in markets, I think, as as liberty-leaning people, and because that's what 
liberty is about. That's what the American system are, is about, right? That the people should decide with their own movements of decision-making each day how the world should be sculpted to meet their needs. And by having mechanisms that respond to markets, that's what our government was designed to do. That's why there's, there's all these different avenues through which power can be expressed, competing with each other. All of it reeks of this, this love of capitalism because markets are the best thing and, and bring the best results. So what do you think about that as language? Does that ring a chord for you at all? I believe it covers part of the issue. It's hard. it's one of these things where it's 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 an all-encompassing term, and it breaks down to these fundamentals that I believe all people agree with. When you really go in go into these issues, it's personal liberty. It's it's concepts like you know you control your own body, you have bodily autonomy. You know the government can't force you to do things with your body that you don't want it to do. You have social liberty that you have the freedom to you know live out your life as you so choose life liberty pursuit of happiness and you know mm -hmm. something that as long as you're not hurting other people and it's uh something you have freedom to you know uh um to connect with people that you want to uh you know freedom of association, yes, association. Yeah. yeah and then you have economic liberty right you have free markets you don't have stifling uh regulations on businesses where you can't even make an income or there's a burden some taxes that are hindering free market economics and people being prosperous and hiring people and the economy growing because that's all if everyone looks around you know the, the reason why we have all these things that we have i mean all people you know talk about there's, there is um you know poverty in america obviously all these things but it's like we do live in a very robust wealthy society that even some of our poorest people are richer than some of the poorest people around the world and that's all because of free market economics. That's because we've unleashed the power of entrepreneurship and, and given people, allowed people to be successful by not having overly burdensome taxes on them. And that's led to all this wealth and prosperity and, you know, all that we have all around us in society. And if in oh, time over time, history has shown that when you take that away from people or don't allow people that communism, socialism, every time you start, there's this thing in economics, it's called, and maybe it's economics 101 or maybe it's 201, but it's called dead weight loss. And I love this concept. It's something I've always stuck Dead to. weight yeah. loss. I've not yeah. heard of this. Tell us what dead weight it's, loss is. Yeah, it's, it's like the black box. It's like, you know, in a free market economy, you give money to somebody else, whether it's maybe uh, transactionally, you want to buy something from somebody and you're going to seek benefit off that. So, you, you know, there's a value yeah. determined by that. Or it may be in a charitable situation where, you know, if you want to do something, Government is like the uh, pinnacle of dead weight loss. You know, every dead single weight. dollar that we give to the government, the government wastes on bureaucracy and on funding itself and administering funds. And it's so wasteful. It creates, you know, diseconomies. And, um, you know, so. And what's ironic about that, not, not to lose your, your thread, but what's ironic about that is that from government's point of view, it cherishes every dollar that it can invest in dead weight because because that's where its bread is buttered. So it's trying to create dead weight, and we're cry, trying to create dead weight loss. No, dead weight is dead weight loss. It's a that's a repercussion of the dead weight of government. That's what you mean by that term, right? Yeah, correct. It's it's, it's describing the amount. If you look at a, it's describing the amount of loss or uh, inefficiency that happens in a transaction because there's a middleman. And when it, when it comes down to government, you give government a dollar, and then they want to give money to somebody to buy something or for charitable, supposedly charitable causes, right? 
50 cents pops out or a quarter pops out, right? Because the bureaucracy of the government itself sucked up so much of the resources that it's in its inefficiency to. to yeah. Well, just, just look at the state of Connecticut for every dollar in taxes it gets, it spends some exorbitant amount above that dollar in order to ingratiate itself with voters to keep expanding government. So, so we really have incredible dead weight loss. I mean, it's amazing the destruction economically the government does. Well, the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, liberty uh, and freedom from the government doing those kind of activities. And it makes, it makes people accountable themselves. If you believe in a cause, if you want to clothe the naked and feed the hungry and you know, and, and how is the homeless and stuff? That's wonderful, and it puts the accountability for those actions on individuals. It's like if you believe in those things, like I, there's this funny. Yes, you invest gonna... your money, have skin in the game, and make sure that the job is done well, as opposed to create this uh, to tap into an endless spigot of money, which is stealing it from from people going to work every day, and then making decisions that might not actually have to do with how well you're doing the job, but whose palms can be greased along the way, and that creates the dead weight loss. Sorry, what did you want to clarify or correct? Well, I, I was also going to say about corporations as well. Like, I mean, the same thing goes for corporations. If you believe a corporation like an Amazon or a Walmart of the world should do better with its profits, then it's up to the consumers to demand those things from them as well, right? In a free market economy, we should be making sure that uh, Amazon of the world is doing, you know, paying. Yes, but that's what and- we do every day. We only, I mean, we don't even have to have that conscious thought. We just go to the place that we feel good about in terms of the value they're delivering, right? And the trouble with government is that everybody inside government is trying to create the deadweight loss that you're describing. That is to create inefficiencies that are hidden so that they can rig the power. And the business tends to be less that way because we can simply turn and go in another direction as soon as we see the effects of of their wasteful spending. As soon as they're charging us too much in business, we leave. Or if the quality of the product goes down, we leave. Every dollar that we stop giving the government to waste is another dollar that we unleash into the free market to create jobs and economic prosperity for everybody. Yes, but also the the money we're giving them, we don't have a choice who we give it to. There aren't three governments or fifteen governments competing for the federal performance of uh, of services, or we would have gotten rid of the one we've got now. And there aren't sixteen states of Connecticut governments that we can decide which one to give the money to, or the present one would have been thrown out centuries ago. Right. Yeah. Bringing bringing more free market principles to you know, government um, functions would save would be more efficient for everybody for sure. All right, Jonathan Johnson, promote an event for us. What do you have going on? Well, we're continuing to go forward with Unmask Our Kids CT. If you're driving around the state in the neck, there's a couple billboards up. One in Hartford on 91, one in Stratford on 95 for Unmask Our Kids CT. There's five more billboards going up this week. So you'll be more than likely, if you're driving around the state somewhere in the next week or two, to see a, a giant Unmask Our Kids CT billboard. We had a big fundraiser for that. We're still raising funds to keep them up. We're still fighting for mass choice for kids in schools. Um, so that's a big project going on. And there is a rally at the state capitol on Saturday. We're doing a early dismissal walkout from schools next Friday from 12 to 1 p.m. We're encouraging parents to pick up your kids early from school on Friday, 9-3. So next Friday, 
Um, pick up your kids early from school from 12 to 1 if you want to protest mask mandates in schools. That's kind of our version of doing a walkout is to have your, just pick up your kids from 12 to 1 early. We're hoping hundreds and hundreds, and, if not thousands, of parents around the state will take a half day at work or send a caregiver over to school and pick up their kids. And um, so we're doing those projects. I'm not sure kids are still chugging along. And I just mentioned another thing, the long range. But Sunday, September 26th, mark it on your calendars, please. CT Liberty Fest. There's going to be a number of speakers coming out, both from the Republican Party and the Libertarian Party. And there's going to be a, three bands playing. We're going to have basically a music festival at Hubbard Park in Meriden. So um, that's what's coming up later in the month of September as well. Um, All right, and, that's enough. Yeah. Now focus in on one event that you want to really penetrate people's consciousness. Okay, so I just want to say Saturday, this Saturday at 12 o'clock, please come to the state capitol. We're having a rally to unmask our kids. The Hartford Current called me this morning. They're aware of the rally. I'm hoping more press will come out. We just want to have hundreds and hundreds of people in front of the state capitol with unmask our kids signs and to really press this issue forward in the press and to let people know that parents are upset that their kids are going to be going to school in the 90-degree heat. And where do uh, where do people read about that online? They can. Yep, please go to ctliberty.org, and if you want to check out the events, go to the events tab. Jonathan Johnson, CT Liberty Rally. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Jonathan Johnson, CT Liberty. Check them out online. See all the great things they're doing. 860-522-9842. Call the rant line. Fill it up, please. 860-751-4698. Quick break. More talk. This radio station, WTIC. on WTIC.com slash podcast. At the storm, during the storm a year ago, Isaias, is that how you say it? I still haven't learned it really. Ned was so unprepared, it was mind-boggling. He, it, it was such a glaring demonstration of how inappropriate it is to have somebody clueless at the helm of a state. And uh, I, w- I was just listening to some of it because it's just fun to hear his ineptitude and unpreparedness on display. And I'll, I'll play some a little later for you because uh, it- it's-, it's really laughable. Now, he's gotten much slicker. And some might say, well, he's learned the lessons of the past and now he's becoming a capable governor. And, and I think that's true on some level. The trouble is, what exactly is he capable of? What is he using the savvy that he's learning for what is his purpose and what we see is him still not being a governor cares about the details of how things proceed he was away on vacation Saturday had to come home he was looking to blow off the storm but he thought it was blowing in too hard and there's gonna be too many cameras around so he came back but what they're good at is smoke screens they're good at making noise and performance politics and that's what Ned's gotten good at he understands now acting like a governor is what it's all about in his mind and he thought before with no attention to details he could pull it off and he learned that wasn't the case doesn't mean he wants to be a great governor it doesn't mean he's hands-on and paying attention to what's going on that's my take on it 860-522-9842 traffic time T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.